0: It is good to see everybody this morning. I know I say that several times when I'm up here, but I really mean it. I love being here on the first day of the week with everybody. There's no better place to start a week than with the people of God. And I love each and every one of you, and I hope that you are having a great morning today. This mic's a little hot. It is good to see you. I'm glad to be here. And I hope you feel the same way about me after I preach this sermon, because I'm going to stomp every toe in here this morning. (laughs) No, I'm not. God's sovereignty is what I want to speak about today. When David's son Solomon was running for re-election, no, not re-election, when he was about to be king for the second time, David prays for his son Solomon to have a pure heart and to keep God's commandments and to keep God's testimonies and his statutes and to do them all and to build the temple. He then stirs the people to give generously and abundantly for the building of the temple. By encouraging them to set their affections on the things of God. His prayer, he blesses the Lord in the sight of all the people, reminding them of the sovereignty of God. So if you would, let's stand. We're going to read in 1 Chronicles this morning. Read from the Holy Scripture. 1 Chronicles 29, 10 through 13, it says, So David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly, And David said, Blessed art thou, O Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in heaven and the earth, thine is the dominion, O Lord, and thou doest exalt thyself as head over all. Both riches and honor come from thee. And thou doest rule over all. In thy hand is power and might, and it lies in thy hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. Now therefore our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name." You may be seated. Sovereignty means that God is in control of everything because he created everything. And David here was reminding the people that what they gave to God actually really came from God in the first place. God gave it to them. He owns all the rights to creation. He's in control of nature. He sustains nature. And when he wants to overrule it and do a miracle, he can It is his choice. God is in control of history. And I'm sure that each of you realize right now that everything is moving toward a focus. There is a plan. There is a divine purpose and a climax that history is moving toward. God, in his sovereignty, knew you and I before we were born. And he knew the days that were are allotted to you and I. He knew the specific talents and the abilities that each one of us would possess. In Matthew 6 27, it says, And who, by, and who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour, some translations say a single cubit, to his life? We learn from this scripture. It is not in our authority to add any time to the days that are allotted to us. In Psalms 139, verse 16, it says, that's supposed to be 16. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. God knows the number of days that you and I will live. And in Isaiah uh, 38, you remember Hezekiah, he was mortally ill. And Isaiah tells him to get his house in order because he was going to die. Hezekiah asked God to remember how he walked before God and he did things good in the sight of God, and God added to his life 15 years. Only God can change our allotted days and lengthen time for us here on this earth. So I believe that you would have to agree with me that these verses show us, and there are many more, that show us the sovereignty of God. We live in a world where we try to live in a healthy way to reach a ripe old age. Longevity combined with health is a daily goal for a lot of people. And while health is a fine asset, which may lead quality of life as we live in this earth, It's a fine asset, but no matter how many days we live, perhaps we have lost the point of living in the first place. Maybe we need to be reminded, like David reminded God's people of God's sovereignty, of the sovereignty of God. In whatever days that you and I are allotted to each one of us, May we live them keeping God's commandments, keeping His statutes, keeping His testimonies, and make it our aim to live all of them every day. That's what's important about living the life, the days that we are allotted in this life. May we live, as the Apostle Paul said, daily presenting our bodies to the Lord as a sacrifice to God. The question for many of us is if God is in control, do we have any choices in life? Do we have any freedom? And the answer to that, of course, is yes, we do. We do have choices. We are free to choose things. But thank be to God that these choices in life Have boundaries. We have perimeters that we cannot go beyond. Remember how God dealt with the Israelites. He said, if you do what is right, it will go well with you. If you do what is evil, it will not go well with you. And by the way, that is a good way to raise your children, like God raised the Israelites. He gave them freedom of choice. And ahead of time, he laid out the consequences of good choices. And he told them the consequences of bad choices. The Bible teaches that God gives us freedom to choose the way that we want to live. He gives us freedom to choose the way that we want to act. But once we make those choices, We're not free to choose the consequences. Those consequences are laid out for us ahead of time. So why is it important to understand the authority of God? Well, let's say you were on an ocean liner and you were headed to Sulphur, not really. You were headed to another continent while you were on that ocean liner, there are many things you can do, many choices you can make. You could get on the first deck, you could get on the second deck, you could get on the third deck, you could watch movies, you could sleep, you could eat food, you could play shuffleboard, you could swim, a lot of things to do on the boat. Many choices that you could make. But you could there is nothing that you could do to alter the destination of that ocean liner. It will arrive at its destination. And it's the same way in life. There are many choices that we make as we travel through this land. We need to remember nothing will alter the destination of life. We will arrive at the gates of eternity one day. Because God is in control, because he has all authority, we want to look at that truth today and see how God's sovereignty impacts our lives. First of all, since God is supreme authority, the plans that we have in life, the plans that we make, the things that we want to do, they have a limit. And we have all heard uh, the words, the sky's the limit. It's really not. God is the limit. He decides what the limitations are in each of our lives. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Many times in life we have made plans but God has a better purpose so things change. You see we cannot presume on life that we have it all figured out on our own. That things are going to always go the way that we think that they should go. Listen to James 4:13 through 15. It says now listen You who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, do business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, we ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. We learn here that it's okay to make plans. It really is, as long as we live under the authority of God. And we know that plans can be changed. God and His will should be at the center. I mean the very center, the heart of our plans. You know, instead of praying, God, I would like for you to bless what I am doing, Maybe we should pray, Lord, help me to do your will in all things and receive your blessings. Proverbs 16, verse 9 says, you make your your plans, but God directs your steps. Pray for wisdom. Pray for wisdom in the way that you work. Pray for wisdom in the plans that you make. Desiring God's authority in your steps. Well, since God is in control, how come I have so many trials in life that I do not choose? Well, what about trials? Is everything that happens to you in your life God's will? We must keep in mind that everyone has the ability to choose. Everyone does. And a lot of times, we make unwise choices in life. And those choices can affect many people. My choices can affect you. Your choices can affect me. We may feel the consequences of each other's choices, whether good or bad. This freedom of choice can bring many trials and many heartaches in our lives. There are many things that we choose to do that are not God's will for us. A woman was driving under the influence of many drugs and uh, He killed our, she killed our son Gregory in a car wreck. That choice came with heavy consequences. This was not God's will for her life. It was not. I do believe that the sovereignty of God, he allowed it to happen because God has all authority over his allotted days on earth, and it was time for Gregory to go home The choices we make may not be God's will, but the consequences are part of the choices that we make in life. Sin is not God's will. Deliverance from sin is God's will. We pray that she sees the plan of God in her life so that she can live in eternity with him, just as you and I. He has authority over our weaknesses. And he alone has the power to forgive all sin, no matter what. That's his plan. It is his plan for all to accept his will for our lives so that we can live in eternity with him. So what about trial? Do they have purpose? Should we thank God for the trials in our lives? Yes. By all means, yes. Life is not a series of random events that have no meaning. If I may, let me me share something with you that will help you. Try to look beyond the pain. Look beyond the pain and see a greater purpose. What do you see? Eternity. Eternity. The power of God to forgive. The authority of God to intervene past the terrible choices that you and I make in life. Stretching out his hand to us and telling us that He has provided a way through His Son so that we can have eternal life, that He will give His own life for you and I. He paid the cost. I am so thankful to God that He has decided to change my eternal destiny. By providing a way for me and for you. He is a good God. The beautiful grace of God is born out of the sovereignty of God to hold all authority on how he would save his children created in his image. That is love. To send his own son for you and I. Because we have freedom of choices, God allows trials in our lives. We cause them, other people cause them. It seems as though we're always going around in life making messes out of our lives, and the Father is always coming behind us cleaning them up. Let me say this too, please don't ever Blame God for all the chaos that is going on in the world. It is not God's fault. God does promise to cause all things to work for good. He has the power to do that. And he has done that many times in my life where I have messed up. So as God's people, how should we walk through the trials of life? I have two examples for you. Beside Jesus, if there was anyone who did not make bad choices in life, I, I think it would have to be Job. Scripture says he was blameless, upright, he feared God, he shunned evil. You know about Job. He was a very wealthy man in this world, and he lost it all overnight. He lost everything. He was bankrupt. He lost his entire family, was killed except for a nagging wife, a dripping faucet. And then he got this dreaded disease caused by his wife's nagging. No. I'm only serious. No, I'm kidding. It it doesn't say that. (laughs) But I want you to remember that even Satan, with all his evil power, is limited. Do not fear Satan that it just shakes your spiritual world. You have someone greater than Satan on your side. The Lord Jesus Christ and our Almighty God and Father in Heaven But with all of his evil power, he is limited. He could not get at Job's life without the permission of the Heavenly Father. He had to go before God and ask, can I do this? And God would say, yes, you can do this, but you cannot do that. Satan had to ask God to do things. He is a created being just like everything else. He does not have more power than the Heavenly Father. There is only one God. It's a God that we serve, and even Satan has limits. He is allowed limited power for a short period of time, and then Satan is going to be destroyed. How did Job react to losing everything that was good, everything that was dear to him. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked will I depart. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job one twenty one. You see, Job knew that everything came from the Father. Everything. Without the good and perfect gifts that God sends to you and I, we would have zero. We would have nothing. He gave us everything, and he can take it away. It's his choice. It's his authority. God decided to bless Job with twice as much as the devil had destroyed, except a nagging Mm -hmm. wife. He still had one. Remember Joseph, he's another great example of how to walk through the problems of life. He was his father's favorite son. His brothers were jealous of him, and they decided this one day that they were going to sell him into slavery. And he is sold, taken to Egypt, became the slave of Potiphar. Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him, And he does not give in. So she decides to do the second best thing that Satan wanted her to do. And she accuses him of trying to make sport of her. And he goes to prison for two years. And while he's in prison, he helps others. And they forget about helping him. He is forgotten. But not by God. God was working through circumstances and situations. God didn't cause it, but he allowed it all. And later, as you know, Joseph rose to second in command of all of Egypt. And because of the wisdom that God gave him, he was able to save Egypt and Israel both from a famine. And then later on in Genesis 50, when he later comes face to face with his brothers who tried to harm him, what did he say? He said, you meant it to do me harm, but God meant it for good. To be able to do what is being done now, the saving of many lives. Wouldn't you say that God can work good out of bad things? by the scriptures that we have just read. Some of you, I'm sure, are hurt this morning. Maybe hurt by a boss or a coworker, a brother, a sister, friends, and yes, even Christians. They might mean it for bad, but God can work it out for good. Put your trust in a faithful creator. Trust in God. As the Apostle Paul says, fix your eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is temporary, for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. God is sovereignly working. In the eternal realm for his children. That's what's important. It's what's going to happen when we leave this world. Eternity. And then lastly this morning, if God is in control, when I pray, why don't I get everything I pray for? Do you realize what a mess this world would be in if everyone got Everything they prayed for, when they wanted it, and how they wanted it. It would be terrible. What about competing prayers? For example, one person prays for it to rain, another one prays for the sun to shine. There was this preacher who was walking through the forest one day. He was just walking through, enjoying the nature that God had created, just listening to the birds and looking at the trees and little bunnies on the ground. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this big grizzly bear grabs him. And he is about to rip him apart. And the preacher looks up toward heaven and he says, God, I pray this is a Christian bear. And no sooner than he got the words out of his mouth, the bear clasps his paws together and said, bless this food that we're about to receive. (laughs) You see, because we do not have total knowledge, sometimes we pray by mistake. We don't pray the right thing, or sometimes we pray with a limited view on what is best. God does not give us all we pray for because God knows what's best. He is a good God and He has eternal vision. God is in charge of all things. We make our requests known to Him and we wait for His answer. I remember one, one year, this was, it's been a while back, it's before I even my wreck. There was a hurricane that was bearing down on Lafayette, and it was, there was a lot of concern about it. It was a very powerful uh, storm that was headed this way, and there were several of us who were praying that God would not send it somewhere else and just not make it just disappear, but that it would just slow down, that, that it would lose speed and force. And I remember after the storm had passed, the weatherman was giving his weather report, and he said, I don't know what happened to this storm. He said, it's like the bottom just fell out. It it just lost power. See, God can overrule nature, and I know that many, many prayers were sent up for Lake Charles when Laura was bearing down on this city just a, what, a few years ago maybe. Many people were praying. Why does God choose to lessen the power of one storm and not lessen it for another? I don't know. I do know that many of you have witnessed God working for good in the midst of this terrible tragedy. Remember the Apostle Paul, he was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan, to trouble him so that he would not become arrogant. He asked the Lord three times about removing this thorn from him? And what is God's answer to Paul? You remember? He said, My my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. What was Paul's reaction to the sovereignty of God in this matter? He said, I am content with weakness, With insults, with troubles, with persecutions and difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now you might say, well, I don't see how this situation could be best. I don't either. Maybe choices were made. We don't know everything. There are some things that we are never going to know in this life. We have to come to a place in life where we accept the realization that we do not live, uh, we do not understand everything. You remember in the book of Hebrews, we learned that God's people walk by faith, not by sight. That means God's people walk by believing in the work, the working of the sovereign God, not by understanding all things. We trust in God. We do not have the all-knowing mind of God. In this life, we may carry a lot of sadness, a lot of tears that we shed, but by the grace of God, We learn to walk with sadness and with the joy of the Lord at the same time. We learn to say, because of God, it is well with my soul. Let us trust like Job and say, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I do know that God's love is far-reaching. I do know his purpose to work things out for good for those who love him is real. I do know that his purpose is real. Why should we pray? Because God wants us to. He gave us that privilege. The creator has provided a way through Jesus Christ where we can ask, ask, seek, knock. You see when we set our minds on things above, then we ask, seek and knock for things that are of eternal value. Those are the important things. Praise Jesus and say not my will lord but thine be done. Accepting God's authority helps us to fully set our affections on the things of God. Another way God's sovereignty has an impact on us is because he alone has authority to forgive all sin. This brings us to our knees in prayer. His word is final. If he says we are forgiven, it is so. If you are a Christian, this morning, how thankful we are for God's authority over sin. If you are not a Christian, today is a good day to become one. Now, is the hour of salvation. Don't wait. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next five minutes. Before Hank comes and leads us in an invitation song, I'd like to, to close by reading the opening scripture. As David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly, I would like to lift my voice this morning in exalting the Lord as we are assembled here today. So if you would, let's please stand as I read these verses again. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and earth, thine is the dominion, O Lord and thou doest exalt thyself as head over all. Both riches and honor come from thee, and thou doest rule over all, and in thy hand is power and might, and it lies in thy hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Amen. Brother Hank. Kneel at the cross, cross.